Hello, darlings. Let's see what's going on. We're hot on the trail of Trump going to jail. Let's see the damage reports. I've loaded Roseanne Bar sinks with this offensive vow on Fox News. Okay, I want to check this out. I heard she's become a, she a Scientologist now or something fucking weird. You were canceled in 2018, is that right? I think it was then, yeah. And yeah, it was. Yeah. You talk about how you're, you talk to now. other comics who have also been canceled. Yeah. And y'all have a pact with each other to say we're going to be even more offensive when we come back. Huh. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? What do you, well, because what is your we plan? have to be more offensive when we come back because we can't be beaten down. We can't let them kill comedy. So Roseanne is back. She's uh, had her special. It went out on uh, Fox Nation. And uh, this uh, comes as a result of a couple of years of being canceled. Uh, there was a particular oh, date and time when she was technically canceled. They've That's identified it, it there. But anyway, she's back and she has made her vow that she is going to try to offend as many people as possible. I'm not a comedian. I don't necessarily understand the, the philosophy behind comedy and all that. So uh, we've got instead. a comedian, though. Uh, Trey, what do you make of the return of Roseanne and uh, what she is Trey choosing Crowder. to focus on when it comes to her comedy? Trey. I mean, it's disappointing, but not surprising. Because, I mean, look, as a comedian, Roseanne, I mean, look, just keeping it real, I Roseanne like was stuff. one of the greats, man. I mean, they're like, she was uh, a big deal and a maverick and pretty different when she came out. And uh, her original yeah. sitcom was important for a lot of reasons, comedically and otherwise. I, I say that as a, you know, a, as a trash American. They <laughs> showed, like, actual working class people and stuff like that. It was all, it was all great. And then, but like a lot of people, you know, she just like got older and meaner and madder and stuff. And it's just totally distorted into a completely different person. And uh, as far as like the whole, oh, we got to be more offensive thing. To me, it's more important to be funny. And I watched a couple clips from that new special and it's hard to even figure out what the jokes are. It seems like her just yelling things that she knows that audience agrees with, yeah. which I would argue most, or and I think most comics would agree is that's not what stand-up is, but I guess that's what she thinks she has to do at this point. She also yells about cancel culture. You know, meanwhile, she's got this new special coming out on Fox Nation. I'm sure she's still doing fine. On TikTok. <laughs> Financially, she can find legions of people who are super into picking up what she's laying down. So, you know, it's just like yeah. uh, with a lot of them, it's politics go real. <laughs> like, on, you know, I just don't think any of it is real and it's all misrepresented. And, uh, you know, actions have consequences and all that type of stuff. I mean, we could have a whole it podcast happened. probably about how I feel about that. I don't even whole know. Thing right now. Um, yeah, so, and she's a pretty good example of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I used to love Roseanne when I was growing up, watched a ton. She was very funny. Um, but lots of comedians who I previously used to love have now become obsessed with this idea that they mm -hmm. are being victimized by censorship. Again, um, right. not censorship when people just don't want to listen to it anymore. Like, am I, wait, so let, to be clear, Roseanne, am I obligated to watch her special or do I get to choose what I think is funny or not? And by the way, I'm not I'm not offended. It's just not funny. There's plenty of right. Movies. Some of them are funny. 
some are not. I get to choose which ones I listen to. You seem to think that everyone has to keep listening to you if they ever liked you, or else you're being censored. You're being censored if you have another special. You're being interviewed by uh, a news network that has millions of viewers. How exactly are you being censored or canceled right now? It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know, you said it. You pretty much summed yeah. it up right there. Well, uh, really fast, let's just play the last bit of what she had to say. It's like 10 seconds. We can't let, you know, these people who are censors and book burners have the last say over comedy. We have to protect comedy. It's the last free speech article. Yeah, the book form. burners, those are the right wings. Okay, like, she's so close to an actual point there. So, look, I think that comedy is an important art form, and it does need to be protected. That doesn't mean that we're obligated to give you our money. And, by the way, you're talking about censorship and book burning to Fox right. News. Mm -hmm. The Republicans are literally banning books all over the country right now. How do you not see that, that irony? Projection and deflection, man, is the name of the game, I'm telling you. Uh, and, yeah, and that, that dynamic they have where it's, it seems like they're so close to, like, getting it. Yeah. And then they just veer off completely. Like, that's a 100%. hallmark of their whole thing, too. So, yeah. For more political news breakdowns, interviews, stories of activism, and me trying my hardest to care about the occasional big celebrity news story, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the damage report. And you can ring the bell where it hmm. Okay. Um let's see. That's four minutes thirty-three. So school is there. The Hunter Biden laptop conspiracy. Jordan Clipper fingers the conspiracy the Daily Show two months ago. You know, Jordan Clipper's one of my least favorite correspondents. I wanted to replace him. <laughs> I wanted to apply to replace Jordan Clipper, but maybe I can take Trevor Noah's place. That would be sweet. Jane Austen's footsteps with Giles Brandreth. Giles. Meanest celebrities in Hollywood who will never change. Sarah Jessica Parker. It's a picture. Biden speech surprise everyone. Origins of the Welsh. Oh, that sounds interesting. Three hours ago. Fortress of Lou. Two weeks ago. Where the Welsh? I want to see that. Breaking Jack Smith compels Alina Hababa. 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 Before federal criminal gen grand jury. <laughs> Thanks for a billion followers. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, and this is a breaking news alert. Another Donald Trump lawyer has appeared before. Another Special one Jack Smith's criminal grand jury dun, 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 that is impaneled in Washington, D.C. The third lawyer is Alina Abba. We previously reported here on the Midas Touch Network that 
Evan Corcoran and Christina Bob appeared before the criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C. that is investigating Donald Trump's theft of government records. And if you go back to the breaking news stories that I have been discussing with those two lawyers who went before the grand jury, I said, we have knowledge that Alina Haba met with the Department of Justice officials and FBI officials back in late 2022. And I suspected that she had went before uh, the criminal grand jury. We just had not been able to pin down. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, and this is a breaking news alert. Another Donald Trump lawyer has appeared before special counsel Jack Smith's criminal grand jury that is impaneled in Washington, D.C. The third lawyer is Alina Haba. We previously reported here on the Midas Touch Network that... Evan Corcoran and oh, Christina Bob appeared before the criminal oh. in Washington, D.C. that is investigating Donald Trump's Are theft okay, of government records. And oh, if you, you go back you to the breaking news stories that I had been discussing with those two lawyers who went before right. the grand jury, I said, we have knowledge that Alina Haba met with the Department of Justice officials and FBI officials back in late 2022. And I suspected that she had went yeah. before uh, the criminal grand jury. We just had not been able to yeah. pin down that yeah. information. But that yeah. was my prediction that she had. And indeed, Alina Haba, it is now being confirmed by at least two sources close to the investigation, to multiple media outlets, as well as to the Midas Touch Network, that Alina Haba has indeed appeared before the criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C. Now, there are two criminal grand juries that are impaneled, at least two, investigating Donald Trump's criminal conduct. One dealing with Donald Trump's election interference and the insurrection. The other dealing with Donald Trump's theft of government records, thousands of them, including sensitive compartmented information, our nation's highest classified secrets. Now, Alina Haba, of course, goes on all the television networks and basically incriminates herself and incriminates Donald Trump. And when she would make these appearances, we would talk about them here on the Midas Touch Network, and these are likely the subject matters of the criminal grand jury um, in the terms of the questioning that she was asked under oath. So, for example, do you remember this clip where Alina Haba said that she just keeps winning legal cases, but people don't know all about the winning because the media is covering it up. Here, play this clip of Alina Haba. From the legal perspective, and somebody who is related and intimately involved in his legal cases, I would just like to say that, um, you know, when people bring cases against him, which worries a lot of people, um, when you have those, but they're not within merit. There are systems in place, even when you have crooked judges, appellate division, et cetera. And we've been winning. Um, they're not publicized. They're not going to be. But I invite, you know, one time, I'll, I'll invite people to ask me questions directly next time I'm on with you, but I am happy to, because I know that's something people worry about. But I, I have to tell you, everything is going to be fine. He is incredibly bright. He always has been, and he's always been by the books. So 
I will see you all in 2024. Um, but I'm I'm really proud to be working for somebody like President Trump, and and I hope I'm in it for the long haul. It, it would be an honor. All right, now let's play this clip of Alina Haba, where she says that she has firsthand knowledge that Trump frequently had guests in his personal office at Mar-a-Lago, and yes, that is the same office where the FBI recovered sensitive compartmented information that Donald Trump stole from the government. Here, play this clip. Yeah, nowhere. What What's happened is now they've put this picture out so that you would assume, and I am somebody who has been, and the press loves to talk about this, especially today. I'm somebody that has been in his office. I've seen it. This is not the way his office looks. They give you this appearance that you walk in, and there's these top-secret documents just strewn about. A, B, they don't understand Something could be marked top secret, could be marked classified. The Presidential Records Act, he would have said this is declassified. It doesn't get a new marking all the time. He's left the office. It is a complete public spectacle, and I'm not really going to stand by it anymore. You know, I personally have gotten intimidated. People have tried to intimidate me. It's not going to work. You can't well, just put a picture there. like this and say, look, did, did the FBI do 100%. that, or was that the way that room looked before they went in there? Do you have any any firsthand knowledge? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you've seen the press today. I do have firsthand knowledge, as you know. I have been down there. I'm down there frequently. I have never seen that. I have never, ever seen that. That is not the way his office looks. Anybody that knows President Trump's office, he has guests frequently there. It is in it's just a joke. They literally must have gone in and taken out documents they wanted or cover letters, as it is, and put it about so that the public... Out documents they wanted or cover letters as it is and put it about so that the public believes that this is top secret documents that were on his floor. It's ridiculous. I can tell you personally, it's ridiculous. I've never seen that. And in addition to the fact that Lena Habba admits that she had firsthand knowledge that individuals were going in and out of this office where Donald Trump was illegally housing sensitive compartmented information and classified government records and other government records that he stole. In the New York Attorney General Letitia James special proceeding, which preceded the filing of the civil fraud lawsuit by the New York AG's office, seeking at least $250 million in damages from Donald Trump. The winning because the media is covering it up. Here, play this clip of Alina Abba. From the legal perspective and somebody who is related and intimately involved in his legal cases, I would just like to say that, um, we're winning. you know, when people bring cases against him, which worries a lot of people, um, mm -hmm. when you have those, but they're not within merit, there are systems in place, even when you have crooked judges, appellate division, et cetera. And we've been winning. Um, oh, they're not publicized. Winning. They're not going to be. But I invite, you know, one time I'll, I'll invite people to ask me questions directly next time I'm on with you. But I am happy to because I know that's something people worry about. But I, I have to tell you, everything is going to be fine. He is incredibly bright. He always has been. And he's always been by the books. So 
I will see you all in 2024. Um, but I'm I'm really proud to be working for somebody like President Trump, and and I hope I'm in it for the long haul. It would be an honor. All right, now let's play this clip of Alina Haba, where she says that she has firsthand knowledge that Trump frequently had guests in his personal office at Mar-a-Lago, and yes, that is the same office where. The FBI recovered sensitive compartmented information that Donald Trump stole from the government. Here, play this clip. Yeah, nowhere. What What's happened is now they've put this picture out so that you would assume, and I'm somebody who has been, and the press loves to talk about this, especially today. I'm somebody that has been in his office. I've seen it. This is not the way his office looks. They give you this appearance that you walk in, and there's these top secret documents just strewn about. A, B, they don't understand Something could be marked top secret, could be marked classified. The Presidential Records Act, he would have said this is declassified. It doesn't get a new marking all the time. He has left the office. It is a complete public spectacle, and I'm not really going to stand by it anymore. You know, I personally have gotten intimidated. People have tried to intimidate me. It's not going to work. You can't well, just put a picture there. like this and say, look, did, a did the FBI do that, or was strategy. that the way that room looked before they went in there? Do you have any Trump any firsthand right. knowledge? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you've Doubling seen the press down. today. I do have firsthand knowledge, as you know. I have been down there. I'm down there frequently. I have never seen that. Double I down. have never, ever seen that. That is not the way his office looks. Anybody that knows President Trump's office, he has guests oh, frequently sure. there. It is in, it's just a joke. They literally must have gone in and taken out documents they wanted or cover letters, as it is, and put it about so that the public believes that this is top secret documents that were on his floor it's ridiculous. I can tell you personally, no. it's ridiculous. I've never seen well, that. And in addition to the fact that Alina Haba admits that she had firsthand knowledge that individuals were going in and out of this office where Donald Trump was illegally housing sensitive compartmented information and classified government records and other government records that he stole in the New York Attorney General Letitia James special proceeding which preceded the filing of the civil fraud lawsuit by the New York AG's office, seeking at least $250 million in damages from Donald Trump and basically shutting down the Trump organization. That trial is said to take place October 3rd of 2023. But in connection with the special proceeding where uh, subpoenas were issued to all the Trump entities, Alina Haba signed a declaration that said that she had conducted a diligent search of Donald Trump's office at Mar-a-Lago and that there were no responsive documents to New York Attorney General Letitia James's uh, subpoena request. So not only is Alina Haba committing perjury with respect to to the New York Attorney General's special proceeding and discovery responses there too, but she's also conceding because she doesn't have a top secret security clearance or any security clearance at all. She's got the horrible lawyer clearance, you know, the worst lawyer in the world, um, but she's also by admitting that she went into that office and searched these areas where we know the classified records and the secret compartmented information, she's 
further incriminated Donald Trump. Do you remember this clip as well? Because I'm sure the FBI remembers this clip. I'm sure the Department of Justice remembers this clip. I could show you a dozen clips like this. I'll just show you one where Alina Habba went on the right-wing propaganda networks and, again, just continued to baselessly claim and insinuate that FBI agents planted evidence at Mar-a-Lago. Here, play this clip. Well, do you have evidence that the FBI might have uh, planted planted something, anything at Mar-a-Lago seven weeks ago? You know what we know, and I'm not going to speak into details because it would obviously be confidential and go to the defense of the case. Um, the attorney's handling it, which I am not, but as I have said on the show before, um, I think the concern is that we have recordings of these agents going in and then we were not permitted to watch the agents in Mar-a-Lago go into his office space, for instance, or his home, his bedroom or Melania's closet. And that is incredibly concerning. Another thing is they came in with equipment, with bags. So you never know. Unfortunately, the climate that we're in politically has led us to believe that we can't really uh, be sure that they're following the rule of law at any point. And that's the most concerning thing, I think, for all Americans right now, Rob. Well, welcome to the real world, Delina Ha, because I'm sure you were asked questions before the grand jury by the Department of Justice. Please provide all of the evidence and information that you believe this was planted. Oh, and by the way, did Donald Trump tell you to say that it was planted? Is that why you were saying that? Was this part of your further effort to obstruct justice on behalf of Donald Trump, this media campaign of disinformation. And Alina Haba is not having a good day, week, or legal career, for that matter. I mean, just recently, we reported that an appellate division uh, in New York state courts ruled to affirm the lower court, Justice Arthur Goron's ruling, finding Donald Trump in contempt in the case where Alina Habba was representing Donald Trump and affirming the $110,000 sanction order in connection with the contempt in the New York Attorney General's um, uh, special proceeding that preceded the filing of the civil fraud lawsuit. And of course, we also know that just a few weeks back, Alina Habba and Donald Trump were sanctioned basically one million dollars by a federal judge in the Southern District of Florida for filing a frivolous lawsuit back in March of 2022 against Hillary Clinton and half of Washington, D.C., based on baseless conspiracies where the court said every single allegation in this lawsuit that Alina Abba and Trump filed is completely frivolous. Every single one. Remember, folks, what MAGA stands for? Make attorneys get attorneys. Or make attorneys get arrested. That's the facts, people. And as the federal judge in the Southern District of Florida said, monetary sanctions for people like Alina Habba may not be enough. And that the state bar, the disciplinary authorities, may need to get involved may is doing a lot of work there should immediately get involved is probably more like it but alina haba evan corcoran
Christina Bob, Donald Trump's lawyers all testifying before the grand jury in Washington, D.C. And this just in, folks, breaking news on top of breaking news. We are now learning based on a bombshell report from the New York Times that the Department of Justice is invoking uh, the crime fraud exception to claims of attorney-client privilege by Donald Trump's lawyers. We know that Evan Corcoran, for example, refused to testify about a lot of his communications with Donald Trump when he went before the grand jury, and a motion to compel by Jack Smith has been filed demanding that based on the crime fraud exception that criminality exists, it taints this attorney-client relationship. Based on that, Corcoran better testify about his communications with Donald Trump. I will do another breaking news hit that focuses solely on the crime fraud exception. But for now, buckle up, Alina Haba. Things are <laughs> going to start getting shaky. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit the subscribe button. We are on our way to one million subscribers thanks to your incredible support so hit subscribe right now help us hit that one million subscriber mark we want to get there by march million follower march let's get there together march to one million subscribers also check us out at patreon.com slash midas touch p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Midas Touch. You will love the exclusive content we have on Patreon that you could only get on Patreon. But most importantly, when you go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, it helps grow this independent media platform since we have no outside investors at all. We're 100% independent, 100% accountable to you. And while you're at it, check out Killing County. It's on Hulu. I executive produced it with Colin Kaepernick and the team at ABC and Hulu. It goes over the crime, corruption, and cover-up in Bakersfield, which has the highest homicide rates, the highest police shooting uh, rates, the highest crime rates uh, in all, basically all of the United States. And that's Kevin McCarthy's district. Check it out. It's a true crime series. I think you'll enjoy it. It's powerful killing county on hulu until next time i'm ben micellis at midas touch we are unapologetically pro-democracy and we demand justice and accountability that's why we're spreading our message to convict 45 that's right gear up right now with your convict 45 t's and pins at store.midastouch.com that's store.midastouch.com Freaking great news, Question mark. I am so proud.
Alright. Yeah, that's freaking great news. Great news, man. Freaking great news, freaking great news, yeah. The horrifying truth within this desecrated ancient Egyptian coffin. It's got green eyes. Looking at her headdress. Since 1939, America First has this been helping people kind pursue of annoys their financial me who goals. Does these and as shows. we have, this channel is part of the history. It's Odyssey ancient history documentaries on YouTube. Somebody here wants this lady to suffer for the rest of eternity. We may have a crime here, but we've got no body. Certainly a puzzle. Uh, a cross of this chest and then a little sinister. Mm. There's so many suspicious elements to this story, it's really giving me cause for concern. It would just be a world of pain. I don't know if I have the patience for this. What was normal life like during biblical times living in the life of Jesus? Mummification, the preservation of dead bodies, became more than a science in ancient Egypt. It developed into a if you love ancient history, then this is the channel. It developed into a sacred ritual. No other people in history devoted so much time and expense to ensuring a safe passage into the eternal afterlife with their body intact. The skill of Egypt's master embalmers was phenomenal. Thousands of years ago, they worked to halt the ravages of time on lifeless corpses. Today, forensic technology can unlock that person's secrets to reveal the intimate story of their life and death. Over 2,000 miles from Egypt, in a museum in the north of England, lies the beautifully preserved coffin of an Egyptian mummy. But the body inside remains a mystery. The workmanship and sophistication of this coffin suggest that it would have taken weeks, if not months, to create. To be worthy of this top-of-the-range casket, its owner must surely have been a VIP. Dr. Joanne Fletcher is a renowned Egyptologist who's done excavation work and mummy investigations around the world. 
She's been called in to try and unlock the secrets of this hidden mummy. It came into this country a couple of hundred years ago, and rather than going to the British Museum or another major institution, it came up here to Newcastle. Well, it's obviously an Egyptian mummy covering. It's obviously female from the, from the exterior, at least. So I'd be quite interested to sort of try and find out more about this individual Nick, what inside. What the fuck are you so doing? I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing the mummy. Nick. I'm afraid we can't do that. We really can't open this up because um, we're worried about damaging this beautiful object. So is she completely sealed? Yes, she is. There's no small openings that we could take any samples or anything now. It's completely, completely sealed. sealed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. This is going to be quite a challenge, I think. First and foremost, what I'd really like hey. to do is take a series of photographs uh, from every angle, pretty much, so I can then go back to talk with the, the team in York and try and plan some sort of strategy, see what techniques hey. we can bring to bear to study this, uh, this very enigmatic and fascinating mummy. This sealed coffin may be an exquisite work of art, but it's also an ancient mystery, thousands of years in the making. Joanne's already nicknamed the hidden mummy, the Lady. And piece by piece, she and the team will have to fill in all the details of who she was, where she's from, and how she met her end. This case will be a massive challenge for the mummy investigation team, given the coffin is sealed and they will never be able to see or touch the mummy within. The team are among the best in their field, but even for them, the task would probably be impossible, except for one thing. Two years ago, for conservation purposes, the museum had the mummy CT scanned. Computed axial tomography is an advanced form of the conventional X-ray. Instead of revealing the outline of bones and organs, the CT scan forms a full three-dimensional computer model of the human body. This medical blueprint of the lady will allow the team to analyze specific areas of the body in great detail. The forensic data will be a priceless tool for the team as they try to uncover how this woman lived and how she died. Dr. Stephen Buckley has an international reputation for his chemical analysis of mummified bodies. His unique experience may unlock a vital clue on this mysterious coffin. Well, from the chemistry, uh, it's certainly possible that some sort of concealment uh, was going on. Egyptologist Jill Scott's specialist knowledge in ancient human remains will be crucial in unravelling the real story of how this mummy died. Injuries like that, I would expect to be lower down. down. It is it's very correct. high up. And Duncan Lees, who offers forensic support to criminal investigations all over the UK, is going to bring modern detective techniques to the case of this Egyptian mummy. It's just because they're 3,000 years old doesn't mean that we can't apply modern forensics and come up with good answers. The lady, like every case, begins with a team briefing here in the incident room at the University of York. 
Joanne begins with the bad news. We aren't allowed to take this covering off. We aren't allowed to do any physical sampling with this. There is no way into this mummy. The team gets straight into analysing the CT scan data. What interests me here is this, um, this sort of package, which I'm guessing is part of the uh, embalming process, the modification, uh, internal organs wrapped in there. But there is a lot that we can do. I mean, using technology that, that, that uh, Stephen will be applying as well, um, that looks through the coffin, looks into the interior, and builds up still three-dimensional information that will be a good starting point for us to create a virtual reality person. The whole premise with this one is it's a completely, you know, hands-off zone. We're not allowed to touch. But using this technology to penetrate through the wrappings, through the coffin, we can hopefully then, you know, really bring this woman back to life. Hi, I'm Joe Brown from Accent Law Group. For years, I worked as an insurance adjuster, and now I use those experiences to help our clients fight and win against insurance companies. At Accident Law Group, results matter. It's boring, man. Tony Michael's podcast. Sumerian Origins uploaded Gilgamesh Immortality Machine is no longer a theory, but DNA. Following Adam's eating of the fruit of knowledge. Practice. Since then, man has sought immortality withheld by God. Yet, throughout the millennia, it has gone unnoticed that while concerning Yahweh's tree of knowing, Adam became a part of us after eating it. No such statement has been made regarding from the fruit of the tree of life, we can live forever. Was it because the promise of immortality made to mankind as a distinctive attribute of the gods was nothing more than a grand illusion? A king of Uruk, Ilgamesh, son of Ninsun and Lugubanda, was the first to try and find out. While the tales of Enmeka and Lugubanda are enchanting and intriguing, the post-diluvial Luga has to be one of the most compelling. Gilgamesh was the demigod who ruled Uruk from 2750. Following Adam's eating of the... Politics go! Sumerian origins. Um, shorts. Following... The following Sumerian texts are some of the most fascinating ever deciphered. Enki and the Flood, what's actually in the bag is an answer to the deluge. Enki and the Flood. Ryan Morhen has pioneered this research with his grandfather, George Morhen, the curator of the Morhen collection in Liechtenstein. It reads as follows. After the deluge, I will return the Sumerian lands beyond the oceans. So did Ninurta proclaim this. Nana, Enlil's firstborn on Earth, has a peculiar wish. He wishes for the deluge to survive not in Earth's skies, but on the moon. Enki arched his eyebrow. Enlil, though perplexed, gave his approval. Ishkur, the youngest son of Enlil, has decided to remain on Earth with his father. It was decided that Nana's Earthborn children, Utu and Inanna, would remain. The following Sumerian texts are some of the most fascinating ever deciphered regarding... So what's in the bag? 
question mark. The Anunnaki Sun God Tablet. This famous tablet of stone recounts how the ancient statue of the sun god Shamash in the Sippar Temple was destroyed, and his rites were interrupted. Following the discovery of a clay image of the original, King Nabu Apla Idina commissioned a new Shamash statue in gold and lapis lazuli. The scene carved on the tablet celebrates the king's triumphal installation of his new statue. Shamash is shown seated in his shrine holding the rod and ring of justice. In front of him is the sun symbol on an altar, which had long served in his place. This box housed the tablet sun and was labeled symbol. Image of Shamash seven times. With it were these two clay impressions of an identical scene taken from a similar tablet, now missing. The back of the unbroken impression records textiles due to the Shamash priests. The other broken impression was made in much finer clay on a different occasion. The Anunnaki Sun God Tablet this famous tablet of stone recounts how the ancient statue of the sun god Shamash in the Sippar temple was destroyed, and his rites were interrupted. Following the discovery of a clay image of the original, King Nabu Apla Idina commissioned a new Shamash statue in gold and lapis lazuli. The scene carved on the tablet celebrates the king's triumphal installation of his new statue. Shamash is shown seated in his shrine holding the rod and ring of justice. In front of him is the sun symbol on an altar, which had long served in his place. This box housed the tablet and was labeled Image of Shamash seven times. With it were these two clay image impressions of, of an identical scene taken from a similar tablet, now called Creation Epic. According to this allegory, at the point of creation in our solar system, Tiamat, Uranus, had an established orbit between Mars and Jupiter. Earth had not yet been created. The origins of Nibiru, have been the subject of various hypotheses regarding its capture in our solar system's orbit. As a result, the battle for the orbital position began. As Nibiru entered its orbit around the Sun, passing the outer planets, introduced gravitational forces that tilted Uranus. Pluto was dislodged from its orbit around Saturn by these forces, promoting it to planethood before it was demoted. On its path to solar perigree, one of Nibiru's satellites striked Tiamat, and on its following orbital path, Nibiru hits Tiamat directly. A large portion of Tiamat broke off to become the Earth, with the remnant debris becoming the asteroid belt, currently positioned between Mars and Jupiter. When the Earth was in its present orbit, it congealed into a solid planet, capturing Nibiru's creation epic. According to this allegory, at the point of creation in our solar system, Tiamat, Uranus, had an established orbit between Mars and Jupiter. Earth had not yet been created. The origins of Nibiru have been the subject of various hypotheses regarding its capture in our solar system's orbit. As a result, the battle for the orbital position began. As Nibiru entered its orbit around the Sun, passing the outer planets, introduced gravitational forces that tilted Uranus. Pluto was dislodged from its orbit around Saturn by these forces, promoting it to planethood before it was demoted. On its path to solar perigree, one of Nibiru's satellites striked Tiamat, and on its following orbital path, Nibiru hits Tiamat directly. A large portion of Tiamat broke off to become the Earth, 
with the remnant debris becoming the asteroid belt, currently positioned between Mars and Jupiter. When the Earth was in its present orbit, it congealed into a solid planet, capturing Nibiru's creation by requests. A synopsis of Morhen Collection Babylonian Tablet, MC17494b. Enlil Anu's first son suggests on-site verification. Alalu sends the message to Nibiru and reclaims the throne. Anu, taken aback, puts the subject to the royal council. Ea, Anu's firstborn and Alalu's son-in-law, is instead chosen. Ea skillfully equips the heavenly boat for the journey. The spacecraft's pilot, Anzu, is carrying 50 heroes. Heavenly boat. Despite the perils, the Nibirians exult at the sight of Earth. They splash down and wade ashore, guided by Alalu. Eridu, home away from home, is established in seven days. The extraction of gold from the canals requests. A synopsis of more in divine kingship, the name of the one who is Anu's son is shown through the generations. He was the third person to rule Nibiru. His father, An, was the second. He married the daughter of Enki's half-brother, Nin, called Lil, the Lady of Lil. Anib and Ninib had a son. He was the fourth king to take over the throne, based on the number of kings. Anshar Gal wanted to be known by his royal name, which meant Anu's prince, who is the greatest of princes. His wife, Kishar Gal, was his half-sister. They both had the same name. His primary goal was to learn and understand. He worked hard to learn how the heavens work. He looked into Nibiru's big circle, whose length had to be set at a shah. One year on Nibiru, Alalu set his course for snowy earth, but kept his destination a secret. Alalu went to off-limits places. No one had been there before, and no one at the hammered bracelet had tried to cross there. A secret from the start, Alalu's path has shown. It put the fate of Nibiru in his hands, and he devised a plan to make his kingship universal. He had to go into exile on Nibiru, but he risked death. In his plan, the risk was in the journey, and the reward was the eternal glory of success. Alalu looked at the heavens while flying like an eagle. Down below, Nibiru was a ball hanging in space. Its shape was beautiful, and its light lit up the sky. It was a considerable size, and when it burst, fire shot out. Alalu set his course for snowy earth, but kept his destination a secret. Alalu, in an older version, in which Nibiru was named the homeworld, Marduk replaced Nibiru as the homeworld in OBV. There are exceptions to the accurate representation of planet names and their orbital distances from the sun. The Babylonian creation account reveals an advanced knowledge of our solar system, which was only recently confirmed by modern science. We may be only now reaching the point where we can validate the Babylonian epic of creation based on current scientific knowledge. The Sumerian records refer to ten planets, compared to our understanding and acceptance of only nine today. 
Instead of nine, there are ten planets in the sun and moon's account. Below, I Hearing the... In an older version, in which Nibiru was named the homeworld, Marduk replaced Nibiru as the homeworld in OBV. There are exceptions to the accurate representation of planet names and their orbital distances from the sun. The Babylonian creation account reveals an advanced knowledge of our solar system, which was only recently confirmed by modern science. We may be only now reaching the point where we can validate the Babylonian epic of creation based on current scientific knowledge. The Sumerian records refer to ten planets, compared to our understanding and acceptance of only nine today. Instead of nine, there are ten planets in the sun and moon's account. Below, I summarize the epic of creation. Mercury and the sun conspire to destroy Tiamat at the story's start. Mercury is shielded from the radiation of the sun when Enki learns of the plot. Mercury is put to sleep by Enki, as is the sun. Mercury is in a sleepless daze. Enki, another name for Ea, unfastened his belt. In an older version, in which Nibiru was named the homeworld, Marduk replaced Nibiru as the homeworld in OBV. During the second millennium BC, the Sumerian kinglists recorded Eridu as the oldest inhabited city in the world. A mythical record of the ancestors of the Sumerian deities is included here, followed by historical kings confirmed by other sources. Various Sumerian towns exercised kingship for a time after the throne descended from heaven. The king list reports that a flood came over the land after Eridu, and various places were assigned the kingship successively, such as Sippar and Shurupar. There is also a connection between this story and the flood story found in Genesis 6, 6-8. As people misbehaved, God decided to wipe them out, and only Noah, a man who had lived righteously, was spared. Noah was given precise instructions on how to build a big ship, an ark, from gopher wood and pitch. During we, don't know, the we don't know what gopher wood is. According to one Pentagon insider, the Anunnaki must return to Earth to fix what they did wrong, our junk DNA, not to accelerate the spiritual awakening and evolution of human consciousness, but for some other unknown reason. The buzzword, and I mean buzzword, is the Anunnaki will return. Pentagon officials will not discuss the Anunnaki program, which is not classified, but deals with classified matters on the ancient Anunnaki program. The Anunnaki deities, Enki and Enlil, have been identified as the propagators of the forthcoming return. This is not coming from sightings or encounters with unexplained aerial vehicles, but directly from the source. If you or anyone you know have been directly affected by the forthcoming return of the Anunnaki, please get in touch, we want to hear from you. I want to read what it says in the comments here. Should be interesting. Some Anunnaki never left, especially those who were born on Earth. Have you ever wondered why people of... People of power are visiting Antarctica. Yeah. Master is the master. That's what Admiral Birds met with. Being someone who called himself the master. Huh. Are they RH negative? <clears throat> As far as I know, that's just speculation. However, it would be interesting to visit the sweet little penguins, of course. 
You may be onto something here, Valdex. Valdex, you're onto something. Ever wondered why regular people aren't allowed to visit Antarctica? I'd really appreciate knowing the answer. Listen to Admirable Birds diary logs. There's three portals. Australia's Borealis stays open, and two others that are controlled by Gabriel. They have to answer to him until the consummation. He maintains order of the circuit, keeping the planets on a course, repels the great dragon of the outer darkness, and guards those who are bound. Dude, doesn't sound like people know very much about it. Had dreams of these giant since I was three years old. I'm 31 now and only learned my dreams might be true. Explains the wars in the Middle East. Um, and Leal and Enki are the name of two Anunnaki military groups. There were five in total. Nibiru was their ship. It was Red's. The pretenders should be more fearful. These guys view us like goldfish. The already here believe it, I know. I was not given an exact date. I was told by an extremely credible source they would return for the good of mankind. I'm going to add my two cents here. on this subject. There are Subterranean worlds where he was met with somebody who called himself Master, the Master. This person was They are with us. Comma, which impacts the fabric of the universe. 
That's one thing I heard. But it's got its own climate. It's actually quite balmy. There are rivers, etc. There are rivers there. Exclamation points. They are like a million years more technologically advanced than we are. Period. Hitler. Lord. Technology between Hitler and them. These are exclamation point. what I call well, comma much like Satan.
They are not gods. They genetically manipulated us.